Good. Whew, that was good. Okay, um, 
So hey, everybody, my name is Amber Neeling. I'm the Welcome Ministries Director here at Hopevale. I'm usually out in the lobby, so that's probably where you've seen me before. I just want to spend a little bit of time here just to thank you guys for being here. Welcome, if you will, because that's my job. So welcome for being, welcome here. Um, whether this is your church home, whether this is your first visit, we just want to say thank you for coming. We love that you're here. Um, if this is your first visit, we do have something special for you out at our welcome desk, which is the curved desk literally right behind this wall. So if you wouldn't mind, go to that desk when you are out of here, and we just want to, again, thank you for being here. So take a second and meet someone around you. If this is your first time, feel free to tell everybody that you're here, and take a second, and then we'll come right back. Awesome, awesome. So if you haven't already, you can be seated. So um, once again, just thank you for being here today. Um, today is awesome. We get to be here together and worship our God, our creator, which is really cool. So um, we have one announcement today that we just wanted to let you guys know of. So Hopevale is actually going to be sending a group of 18 people. They're going to be going to Houston, Texas. They're going to be working with Samaritan's Purse on hurricane relief efforts. Um, they're going to be going this Friday. They're going to be leaving the 13th, and they're going to come back the 23rd. And we just want to ask all of you as a congregation, as a church body, to help us pray for them. Not only do we want to pray for their safety and their travel, because they are going to be driving there, so it's quite a long ways, but we also want to pray safety just while they're down there, while they're working. Um, empowerment, both physically and emotionally, they're going to be working with a lot of people who have lost a lot of things. So we just want to pray for them, um, not only for safety, but just empowerment. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward for our tithes and offerings. And then um, if you guys would, let's, let's join in prayer. Dear God, we thank you, Lord. Man, we thank you for everything, for so much. Um, thanks for bringing us here today. Thank you for this group that's going to be going to Texas, Lord. We just, man, we join together and we know that prayer is powerful, and when where one or more is gathered, you are there. And so we just pray today, as we pray for them, Lord, that you will just do great things through them. Not only are they going for you, but they're they're going through you. And um, we just pray, God, that you bless them, not just for giving tithes and offerings, but for giving their time, for giving their time to serve you. We pray, Lord, that you'll just surround your angels your angels will surround that car as they drive there, God, that you'll keep them safe and that when they get down there, Lord, you will just give them so much energy and so much love and just pour you out and that they can spread your kingdom, God, to everyone down there. We just thank you so much for their hearts and for them giving their time again and we, we just appreciate them and we love you so much, Lord, in your name. Amen.
this morning. These songs, Lord, these are our anthems. We want your praise to ever be on our lips. And we want to feel that flood of your spirit alive in us. But most of all, Lord, this morning, we ask that you would call us deeper, deeper into a relationship with you, deeper in our understanding and hunger for your word, deeper in our relationships with one another. And Lord, we also ask that you would call us higher, that you would help us see this community the way you see this community, Lord, and that you would build in us a passion and a vision that's beyond our natural ability and our natural understanding, but completely trusting in you. That's what we ask for this morning, Lord. Do a miracle in our hearts. Change us, draw us closer to you. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. What a great song, really, to, to lead us up into the message, to lead us to the conclusion of our vision series. You've called me higher, you've called me deeper, and I'll go wherever you lead me, Lord. What a prayer of availability and trust and surrender in the Lord. And that's our heart. So it's not only uh, I'll go wherever you lead me, Lord, but it's we'll go, Lord, wherever you lead us. And that is really our prayer. Um, before I get to the message, probably just need to mention the game yesterday. Can you believe, can you believe that Western Michigan won in seven overtimes? That is unbelievable. I know. Wow. To the rest of you, let me just say this. It's only a game. It's only a game. We're wrapping up our four-week series on vision and our plans to begin a Hopevale Church in Bay City in February of 2018. This morning, we're going to finish up by talking about how this vision can become a reality. But before we do, just a couple of quick reminders that first, today after church, we've been mentioning this for a couple of weeks now, and then later on this week, on Wednesday night, we're going to host a couple of vision meetings, one in Saginaw and one in Bay City. These are going to be town hall type meetings that are designed to be interactive, so you'll not only get to hear more detail from our leaders, but you'll also have some time to ask any questions you have. Uh, the one here is today, 12.30 in our auditorium right here, right after the second service. And then later this week, midweek, Wednesday night, uh, John Glenn High School in the cafeteria there will be meeting as well there. Uh, John Glenn is on Kiesel Road in Bangor Township. That is just uh, south of Wilder and west of Euclid, and that will be the location where we will be starting Hopewell Bay City in February. So both these meetings are designed the same, so we encourage you uh, to attend the one that works best for you. So those are the vision meetings uh, this week. 
And the next Sunday, the following Sunday, October 15th at 9.30, that's the first service time slot, we're going to host what we're calling a Bay City Core Gathering. It's going to be right here in our North Campus facility in the venue, which is just off to my right. This is for the committed and the curious when it comes to being part of the founding core of Hopevale Bay City. Pastor Steve and others who are going to be involved in the launch are going to lead that time. There'll be things like worship and prayer and vision casting and scripture. And it's just all part of God continuing to build this group that's going to help form this new church body. If you are already on board and ready to go, or if you're still thinking and praying about being involved, I'd encourage you to go and check it out and then come back in here uh, for the second service at 11.15. That's next Sunday. So vision meetings this week, today and Wednesday, then the following Sunday, the core gathering in the venue. Well, as we turn our attention to today's message and the close of this series, I just want to say this up front, that every week that I stand up here, I realize that I am speaking to a wide spectrum of people when it comes to your connection at Hopevale. A wide spectrum. For some of you here today, this is your first Sunday with us, and we're so glad you're here. We really are. But then I also realize that others of you have been around for a while. Some of you, I mean, a long while, right? So you not only predate our arrival to this facility back in 2010, but you predate my arrival back to Hopevale 21 years ago um, when I was like 16 or, or something, right? <laughs> Maybe a little older than that, right? The point is, we've got a mix here. We've got a mix of newcomers and long-timers, young and old, those of you who are hardly engaged here and those of you who are wholeheartedly engaged here. Spiritually speaking, we've got some of you who are seeking, some of you straying, and some of you thriving. The point is, each one of you here today have a unique life story about your journey with God. No two are alike. And yet even given that variety, I try really hard every week at, to share a message from the Bible that's going to connect with every one of you here today. Every one of you who's in here, right? Wherever you might be on this map, I really do work hard at that. But every now and again, there are those times, a few Sundays a year, when we as a church need to have a family talk. A family talk. And on those Sundays, even though I'm not trying to be exclusionary, I can understand how those of you who are newcomers and short-timers might feel left out. That's why I call these kinds of messages listen in and listen up messages, right? Listen in, listen up. And today is one of those days. And so again, if this is your first Sunday here at Hopevale, you're still relatively new to our church, I invite you to listen in, right? Listen in to one of our church family talks. And what I am going to ask from and say to our regulars isn't meant to apply to you. And yet, hopefully, as you hear what I share today, it's going to give you a better feel for who we are as a church and whether or not Hopel is the place for you. So if that is you, I invite you to listen in. But then for the rest of you here today who are part of the Hopevale church family, I need you to listen up. I need you to listen up, because what we're going to talk about today applies to everyone here who calls Hopel your church home. It does. In other words, I'm talking to you, and 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 you. This is for all of us as a church family. So listen up. Now, you might be wondering why I'm taking all this time to explain this listen-in, listen-up approach. Well, the short answer is this, that today we're going to talk about money. 
We're going to talk about money. Not only that, but by the time I'm done, I'm going to challenge those of you who are part of the Listen Up crowd to prayerfully consider making a sacrificial financial gift that is above and beyond your regular church giving to help turn this vision of beginning a Hopewell Church in Bay City, to turn that into a reality. So that's what I'm going to do this morning. So ushers, if you can go ahead and bolt the doors now, that would be great, okay? Yeah. Now, if you are in the listening crowd, visitors, newcomers, the things I'm going to share, I want to remind you, don't directly apply to you. I don't want you to feel like Hopevale is asking you for money, because we're not. But as you listen in, I'd love for you to pay attention to how we talk about this. Because like any family, churches too can fall into one of two extremes, right? Where they're always talking about money or never talking about money, right? Always talking about money or never talking about money. And personally, I think both those approaches are very unhealthy. I do. That is true for churches and that is true for families. There is a time, there is a place when you need to have some money talks. And so for us as a church, today just happens to be one of those days. So with all that being said, let's set some context for our talk today by quickly reviewing what we looked at last week. That last week, that was when we talked about the how of our vision, we recognize that it all starts with God. As it says in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. The builders labor in vain, so we trust in God's supernatural provision with things like wisdom and faith, courage and stamina, gifts and abilities, resources and finances. And yet, trusting God doesn't mean we just sit back and take it easy and do nothing. No, we are called to responsibly cooperate with God, to cooperate with God however, wherever, and whenever he leads us. More specifically, one of the ways that we cooperate with God and his work in this world is by managing, or stewarding is the word, the resources that he entrusts to our care. Why? So that we can help further his kingdom agenda in this world in the best possible way. More specifically, the key word here then is stewardship. And according to the Bible, you can think about stewardship in these three categories. There is the stewardship of our time, the stewardship of our talent, and the stewardship of our treasure. Our time, 160 hours in a week, our talent, our natural abilities, our spiritual gifts, and our treasure, our money, our wealth, our possessions, things like that. And so last week, we looked at what it meant to steward our time and our talent, what God entrusts to us so that, as First Peter chapter 4 says, we can serve other people. Now, if you happen to miss last Sunday, I encourage you to go to our website or to our mobile app and check that out, uh, the message. Because, you know, one of the big points that I made last week, and I'll say it again, is that for this vision to become a reality, whether you're going to Bay City or staying in Saginaw, we need your time and we need your talent. We need your time, we need your talent. Can you, can we, in this season of our church's history, make the commitment to sacrifice some of our time, to use some of our talent, to help us begin a Hopewell Church in Bay City, while at the same time, right, continuing effective ministry right here in Saginaw. Right? One church, two locations. Can we do that? That is the stewardship challenge of our time and our talent. So that's what we looked at last week. But for today, as we turn our attention to the third T of stewardship, our treasure, the underlying principle remains the same. That for this vision of beginning a Hopewell Church in Bay City to become a reality, we not only need your time, 
We not only need your talent, but we also need your treasure. We need your treasure. I truly believe that just as God used the sacrificial giving of many of you here to supernaturally provide the funds we needed to move to this location and build this new facility back in 2010, I believe that he will do the same thing again in 2017, in 2018, to help us launch Hopewell Church in Bay City. I really believe that. So that's where we're going today. And my guess is that some of you might be already jumping ahead and wondering, okay, so what does this mean for me? What does this mean for me? How much is he going to ask me to give? Well, hang on, be patient. We're going to get there eventually. But before we do, I want us to walk through a passage in the Bible that I think is incredibly relevant for what we're going to talk about today. It has to do with money. It has to do with giving money. But here's the context. Specifically, it has to do with the Apostle Paul challenging Christians who live in one location to be generous in their giving to help Christians who are living in another location. One location giving to another location. Now, no two situations are alike, and the needs back then are different than the needs today, but still, I'm struck by the similarities, and I think you will be too. So the passage we're going to look at is found in the New Testament book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and so I want to read through an extended portion of Scripture here, make a few comments along the way that pertain to our own situation, okay? So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to read from a version of the Bible called the New Living Translation. Okay, New Living Translation, it just reads a little more informally. So let's go ahead and start with verse 1. So Paul is writing to a group of Christians who live in a city called Corinth, which is located in what's now known as modern-day Greece. And this is what he tells them. I really don't need to write to you, so you being you Christians in Corinth, Greece, I don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem. So that's Jerusalem, Israel, in the Middle East. It's roughly 800 miles away, right? You Christians in Corinth, about giving to Christians in Jerusalem, 800 miles away, or or roughly for us, it's like from here to Atlanta, Georgia, right? Long way away, 800 miles. Verse 2, for I know how eager you are to help. I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm, your, your example, your excitement that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving, right? So their enthusiasm about this work was inspirational to these Christians in nearby Macedonia. Paul then goes on to mention Oh, he's going to send some of his friends down to Corinth to collect their gift to help meet the needs of these Christians in Jerusalem, dropping down to verse 5. So I thought I'd send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promise is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. I want it to be a willing, don't miss this, but willing gift, not one given grudgingly. See, the heart of Christian giving is voluntary willingness, not mandatory compulsion. Voluntary willingness, not mandatory compulsion. It's one thing to share a need and ask people to consider giving towards it, but that's different than arm twisting. That's different than guilt tripping. And there is just no place for that in the church. It's true back then. It's true today. I want it to be a willing gift, Paul says. Verse 6, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. There it is again, right? No arm twisting, no guilt tripping. 
For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Verse 8, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So Paul is making a point that you see throughout Scripture that our God is a generous God. Our God, his heart, is a heart of generosity. And so when we are generous towards the needs of others, he sees that and he honors that in a way of supernatural provision for our own lives. That's what Paul's talking about here. Verse 9, as the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Verse 10, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. It's a wonderful image. I mean, it's, it's Paul's way of saying, you know, that you really can't outgive God, that in response to our generosity, God not only increases our own resources, but it also produces in us a great harvest of generosity. What a word picture there. Verse 11, yes, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. Now look at this, verse 12. So two things, two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Don't miss that, right? So needs will be met, right, when you give. But also, it's going to produce in them this incredible thanksgiving toward God. A grateful heart to the God who created. I mean, how cool is that? And so Paul goes on, verse 13, as a result of your ministry then, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. That by your generosity, it will show them that you really walk the talk. That you practice what you preach that you do what you say. And in that, that is incredibly encouraging to them and they will give glory to God. God is glorified when we generously give to others more than anything else. This is the hardest stewardship when it comes to how we manage the treasure that God entrusts to us. Now, yes, part of wide stewardship is this. It's putting a roof over our heads. It's putting food on our table, clothes on our back. If you've got a family, your responsibility extends to them as well. God is glorified in that kind of stewardship, right? But as this passage encourages us towards generosity, it also challenges us to think. How big of a roof over my head? How much food on my table? How nice of clothes on my back? What's in my garage? What's in my closet? What's in my basement? What's in my cabin? What's in my man cave, right? Not the material things are bad and, and wrong in and of themselves, but we need to have the courage to ask the question, what do those things mean to me? What do they mean to me? How much of my heart do they have? And do they get in the way of me being generous? As a result of your ministry, Paul says, they will give glory to God. It's true for the wealthy. It is true for the poor. It's true for everyone in between. And so as Paul says right here in this chapter, that God loves it. God loves it when we give willingly, cheerfully, and generously. Willingly, cheerfully, and generously. And like I said before, you know, I just love how the situation back then with these Christians in two different locations really mirrors our situation today. Because much like Paul, I'm up here today asking Christians like you at Hope Hill Church in Saginaw to prayerfully consider giving willingly, cheerfully, and generously so that we can bless both Christians and non-Christians in another location by starting a Hope Hill Church in Bay City. That is 
the stewardship challenge for those of us here today who call Hopewell our church home, right? the listen up crowd. So with all that being said, let's get more specific now. As you came in and sat down for worship today, you noticed two items on your chair. One is a response card. The other is a giving envelope, okay? A response card and a giving envelope. I want you to grab both of these, and we're actually going to start with the card because it's a continuation of last week's message when we talked about serving other people with the gifts God has entrusted to us, the stewardship of our time and our talents. Now, as you look at the card, you'll notice it's Bay City-focused, right? It has to do with the launch of Hopevale Bay City, serving at that church location once we get going. But before we dive into the details of the card, I want to remind you of something I said last week, that as we send 150 to 200 people from here to begin Hopevale and Bay City to be part of that founding core, it's going to create some ministry holes right here in Saginaw, okay? Because the truth is the majority of you here, I really think, are probably staying, not going. And so even though it's not specifically addressed on this card, we're going to need many of you to, to step up and serve where those holes are, or maybe some of you, it means praying about, you know, increasing your involvement and responsibility, right? So just to be clear, even though this doesn't talk about serving at Hopevale Saginaw, those needs are going to be there, and it's something we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. But for now, let's go ahead and take a look at this response card. You can see the heading right there that says, yes, I'm committed to being a part of Hopevale's launch in Bay City. And underneath, you can see a name slot and an email slot, right? This is so we can get in touch with you if, if that's where you are. Then after that, there are a bunch of headings underneath, right? With boxes to check. There is the stay box. I plan to make Hopevale Bay City my church home. This is a way for those of you who are already on board to let us know you're on board, that you want to be part of the founding core when we launch. And so if that's you, check that box. And then the second is underneath. It says start. It says, I plan to help launch Hopevale Bay City and attend serve there for the first year. You know, I mentioned last week that there are some of you here who live closer to Saginaw who want to help with the launch. Now, long-term, your plans are to return here, but for the first year or so, you're willing to attend and serve there to help get things off the ground. If you fall into that category, you can check that box. The next one is a variation of that. It says, I plan to help serve in Bay City where I'm needed, but not every week, right? So that's those of you who are planning to stay put, but you're also willing to plug in and serve there now and again, just you know, as we begin in Bay City. And if that's you, you can go ahead and check that box. Then at the bottom, you can see some specific serving areas. We've got working with kids on a Sunday morning. That's birth through fifth grade. We have welcome ministries. That's like ushers, greeters, welcome center, coffee crew. Got worship, vocalists, instrumentalists, tech, helping with sound and light and video. We have setup and tear down, like I said last week, because we're meeting in a space that isn't our own, and yet we want it to feel like home. We're going to need a lot of people every week to haul in a bunch of boxes on carts from trailers to set up, and then when we're done, to put that stuff away and pack it up again, right? A lot of work. We're going to need a lot of help with that. And then this last one is just a little more generic, wherever I'm needed, right? And maybe you don't have anything specific in mind, but you just want to help out. This is the box for you. And so after thinking about last week's message, if today you're ready to commit to one or more of these areas, go ahead and fill this out. 
You have cards on every seat, and on every row we have a few pens. And if you're filling this out and you want to let us know that you're on board, we have baskets out in the lobby at our Welcome Center, at our info desk, and a few other places. And Pastor Steve and the launch team, they're going to take all those cards, gather the information, and get in touch with you. Some of you might not be sure. You're still, you know, not sure whether you're going or staying. I encourage you to take this card home. Pray about it, right? We're going to be collecting these well beyond today, and so if you want to bring it back the next week, we'll, you know, gather that and, and make you part of the list. So that is the serving response card. It has to do with our time and our talent. But now as we begin to wind down, let's talk about this giving envelope and the stewardship of our treasure, of the money, the wealth, and the possessions that God has entrusted to us. So grab that envelope, and as you grab that envelope, I bet you many of you are pretty confused right now. So you're reading it, and it says, Hopevale Christmas Outreach Offering, and you're thinking to yourself, it's October 7th. Christmas is 77 days away. This is still pumpkin spice whatever season, right? Are we becoming like Target, Walmart, or whatever stores have their Christmas decorations up right now? Well, I just want you to know we're not confused. Actually, what I want you to know is that these envelopes are very special and have a really great story behind them. So some of you know them, know this, others don't, but back in 2010, when we moved into this facility, we challenged our congregation to think differently about Christmas. We wanted everyone to, instead of get caught up, caught up in the cultural current of an overly materialistic Christmas, to consider spending less on our own Christmases, and instead to give away more of what we have so that we could be a blessing to others. And so with that heart, we started this Christmas Outreach Offering Fund where everything that people gave to that, above and beyond their regular giving, would go towards meeting the needs of other people in the name of Jesus who are outside the four walls of our church. People locally, people globally. And I still remember that back then because, you know, this was new. This was risky. This was very unknown. It was a step of faith. Would people give? How much would people give? Would it, you know, fly or, or would it flop? Well, that was seven Christmases ago, and since that time, you as a church have given $823,000 to the Christmas outreach offering, which is just mind-blowing, right? And every year throughout the year, that money goes to bless the lives of people outside the four walls of our church. It funds local and global ministry projects, most of which are carried out directly by Hopevale people like you. You saw that last week, if you were here, with the commissioning of the ministry team that's going to Haiti next February. You heard about it this morning when Amber told you about the group of volunteers who's all grassroots who said, we want to help with Hurricane Harvey relief, and they're partnering with Samaritan's Purse, and they're heading down later this week. I mean, that was all grassroots. So another story you haven't heard about yet, but this summer, a group of Hopevale people in the Bay City area used several thousand dollars from that fund to expand the kitchen facilities of a place called Safe Harbor. It's a food pantry and soup kitchen on Bay City's west side. It's a place where they go and serve and minister every month. And we said, yes, that we're for our community, we're for our region. And these are just a few of the amazing stories of kingdom impact that God has written because of your generosity with this Christmas outreach offering and your willingness to serve other people all year round beyond the four walls of this church in the name of Jesus.
You know, just like we talked about in the first week of this series, this is also part of the Hopevale legacy and what it means for us as a church to be a generous community of grace and truth, inviting people to know and follow Jesus with us. So this year then, with the vision of beginning a Hopevale church in Bay City, our elders and staff wanted to keep the purpose of the Christmas outreach offering of, you know, money going beyond the four walls of our church. But this year, broadening the scope, which means that with this year's offering, we want to be able to do these three things. We want to continue local and global ministry projects like we've done in the past, right? This hasn't changed. We're committed to keep on doing that, of ministering in our community, of sending teams, you know, overseas. Our heart's there. But in addition to that, with the the funds given for this year, we want to be able to pay for one-time purchases that are needed to launch Hope El Bay City. So there's some stuff we need to buy. Trailers, musical equipment, storage cases where we need to buy portable walls to create safe and inviting spaces for ministry to our children. We need to make investments here to be able to capture the message via video so we can send it to Bay City in a quality way. I mean, the board and the staff, we've worked really hard to whittle this list down to the essentials, but still, it's going to cost some money, some startup money. And then third... We want to be able to cover the first year of operations for Hopevale Bay City. Now, we're going to ask the people who are part of that church to give regular offerings as well, but early on, we want to be able to support as much of their ministry as we can, especially because we want to attract new people, people who might not have been part of a church, people who might not be used to giving, right? So we just want to be able to provide that freedom, right? So continue to fund local and global ministry projects, pay for one-time upfront purchases needed to launch, and then to be able to support the first year of operations in Hope El Bay City. We hope that through the giving this year, we're able to accomplish that. So how much is it going to take to make that happen? Well, to do that, we have set a giving goal this year for our outreach offering of $350,000. $350,000 so that we can achieve all three of these objectives. Now, I know that sounds like a lot of money, $350,000, but I want to put the giving goal in context. That amount is just over two times of what you have given in each of the last two years. So if you took last year's offering and doubled it a little more than that, we would hit $350,000. It's more, but it's not outrageously more, right? Now, the good news is that we're going to combine this amount with an additional $200,000 that we have already saved for our Bay City launch, that over the last few years, knowing that God would lead us to future ministry projects, we've set something aside, so we're going to take that $200,000 that we've saved, combine it with the $350,000 to make all three of those things happen. And then finally, to help reach the goal this year, we're going to extend our giving window, right? That's why we're talking about Christmas in October. So our giving window towards this year's offering is going to be October 15th, which is next Sunday, all the way through the end of the year, December 31st, right? And so just so you know, this giving window, by, by, by extending that, it not only gives us a longer time to reach this bigger goal, but it's also going to help us with some upfront costs that we need to you know, act on sooner than later in the next few weeks. And so if God leads you to give and you're able to give earlier, it really helps us with that, right? So that's our goal. That's what we're aiming for. And let me just say this. We, you know, I've said this before from upfront, but if you're newer, I want you to hear this, that you know, when it comes to giving at Hopevale, we strive to maintain the highest standards when it comes to our financial integrity. We really do. We undergo annual 
financial audits that are conducted by an outside certified public accounting firm. We also work hard to keep your giving confidential, where it's only known by our finance department. I don't know what you give. Pastor Billy doesn't know what you give. The other pastors, the elders, they don't know either. Because the point is this, we really want to make sure that the act of giving that you engage with is ultimately between you and the Lord. And we take that seriously. You need to know that. Because when we think about how we're going to turn this vision into a reality, it's a challenge. It's a challenge of the stewardship of our time, of our talent, but also our treasure. Now, unlike the response card, I don't want you to put anything in the giving envelope today. I don't. No, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take this envelope home. I want you to pray about it. Pray, think, talk, discuss. That's the way it's going to happen in our home. Kathy and I are going to do this. About how you want to participate in this year's Christmas outreach offering. And just like we saw earlier, we want you to be able to give willingly, cheerfully, and generously. As I was thinking about you know, how we could reach our goal, I would say this for those of you who have previously participated in the Christmas outreach offering, consider doubling your gift this year. It's a stretch, I know, but consider doubling your gift or more to help meet our needs. And if you've never participated before, we want you to prayerfully consider getting on board this year, that all of us as Christians in one location could be a blessing to Christians and non-Christians in another location. Now, since the giving's going to start next week, you can use this envelope to give during the offering time. We'll have extra envelopes available in the lobby as well in the weeks to come. You can also give online if you go to our web page on the front page on the right hand side there's a drop down tab that says give and you can give that way as well those are the details and that's the challenge before us but as i close let me just say this i want to thank you for letting me have a family talk with you today right i do whether you're part of the listen in or the listen up crowd i'm glad that i get to be part of a church and pastor in a place where we can have a conversation like this Not only that, I'm also glad that I get to pastor in a church where we have such a rich legacy. We really do. I mean, I think of that opening message. We talked about everyone who's gone before us, and we realized that we're just the latest in a long line of people in the Hopevale story who have the opportunity to make an eternal difference in the lives of others in the name of Jesus, locally in our community, in our region, and in our world. Because we serve A God who has done amazing things in the lives of people who've gone before us. And I believe that in this chapter of the Hopewell story, that our God is going to do it again. I really do. That our God is going to do it again, because our God is truly a faithful God, both now and forever. And I can't wait till next year. I can't wait till next year when I'm talking to one church in two locations, and we get to look back, and we get to see what God did through your generosity, your willingness to go wherever our Lord leads you. So as we close, I'm going to have a stand. I want to pray, and then Billy's going to lead us in a song of response. Let's pray together. Lord, we are in this place, and we want to be available. We want to, as that song proclaims, be led higher be led deeper, and then just be willing to go wherever you lead us. Hundreds of people are in this room, Lord. 
hundreds of different stories, no two alike. I don't know all of them, none of us do, but you know where we're at. You know what you want from us, whether we're in the listen-in or the listen-up crowd. But God, you've been leading, you have been building an enthusiasm, and so whether it comes to the stewardship of our time, our talent, or a treasure. We just come to you with open hands, with open hearts. We recognize that we have been blessed by those who have gone before us, and now it's our turn. It's our turn to carry on this vision, to continue the Hopevale legacy, to make alive the gospel of Jesus Christ in our community, in our region, and in our world. So Lord, we look to you. We give you our praise and truly ask that you would speak to us. Speak to our hearts by your Holy Spirit, both collectively as a church, but also personally, that we would know what part you want us to play. We ask all this, trusting, believing, looking to the one true God, to the Savior of all, Jesus Christ, praying in his name, amen. You know, as Billy and I were talking about the close uh, we went back to week one, and we, when we talked about, you know, the Hopevale story, and there's a song we finished the service with called Do It Again, which is just an anthem that proclaims the faithfulness of God, and I know it's a song that really resonated with the both of us, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Hey, gang, my name's Billy. I'm the worship pastor here. I was the guy playing the drums this morning. And, you know, I, um, this song, this last song is really special, I think, because... Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's, you know, today's a family talk, right? I mean, this today's been a family day, but if you're new to Hope Vale, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of what you heard today is like, oh, good for them. But yeah, what's God doing in my life and all those things. But this song is a really beautiful one because um, if you've got prayers and if you've got things going on in your life, this could certainly relate to you personally, mm -hmm. but corporately together, uh, this is our prayer as a church. So uh, let's sing this together. Okay, gang? Thank you. 
I'm so glad God has given us that song. Those of you who've been a part of these last four weeks, those of you who are coming on the journey, that song is going to be a gift to you that's going to stay with you the rest of your life. Because it talks about our God who is faithful, a God who never fails us. It's something that we will never forget. And we will trust in the faithfulness of God as he leads us forward. Amen? You guys ready to do this thing? Yes. Amen. Amen. So again, if you're ready to hand in a card, you can do that out in the lobby. Take the envelope home. Pray about your involvement. Next week, we're going to be in a new series called Back to Basics. But as you go, may you go in the confidence of our faithful God. God bless you.